Welcome back to the Membership IQ. I'm Sarah Sladek, your host. And today we are talking about the sport of tennis. When I was growing up, tennis was my favorite sport. I didn't care that I was sweating in the hot sun on the tennis court or that my feet were aching from standing on the concrete uh, or that I was teaching small kids who really didn't want to be at tennis lessons in the first place. I loved tennis and I wanted to play it all the time. And um, and I'm gonna talk a little bit of tennis theory in terms of membership uh, theory today and draw a comparison between the two. For starters, let's talk a little bit about member engagement trends. When I was first starting out studying member engagement trends, I was beginning to, first of all, having worked for an association myself, I was beginning to observe that there was a trend happening where um, the experienced, more seasoned, loyal members, largely the baby boomers, who were raised to join associations and to value membership and to literally invest in membership. I started to see that there was a trend towards Gen Xers at that time, followed by millennials, that there was less interest in joining an association. And um, much of my career has been dedicated to figuring out why that happened. And so um, in a nutshell, we started to see some real demographic shifts. We started to see economic shifts. We started to see advancements with technology. And all of these things combined started to change member value and what members wanted from their membership experience. When I first started looking at all this data, membership organizations looked a lot like this. On this screen, and if you're not seeing this on video, I'll explain this to you in audio. You're seeing a tennis ball with a little pie chart on it. Kind of looks like Pac-Man, I guess. But it represents 80% and 20%. 20% is shaded. 20% of membership communities were coming in. They were younger. They had different ideas and they were pushing associations to really rethink and modernize the membership experience. So we were starting to hear things like change the membership model. Um, what's the value proposition? What's in it for me if I join this association? In turn, we started to hear a lot of association, um, diehards, people who've been there for a long, long time, big fans, loyal, loyal to their association. They were starting to push back themselves and starting to say things like, you know what? If we spend all of our time trying to engage these new people with new ideas, how are we going to keep our current membership engaged? Is that going to create a whole lot of problems? In other words, to shorten it up, we started to hear this tug of war emerging between the 20% and the 80%. 20% of new people were coming in with new ideas to associations and the 80% were pushing back and they were saying, we've always done things this way, take it or leave it. And they were saying, 
how are we going to engage new people, young people, without alienating our most loyal members? And so there was this tug of war that emerged and um, a, a great deal of anxiety. Meanwhile, you have 20% of members, new ideas, new voices, new perspectives, who are starting to say, I want to be part of this community. I don't feel like I'm included. They aren't modernized at all. They're old fashioned, they're traditional, and they're hierarchical. And if they did join the association shortly thereafter, they were either complaining about it or leaving. When it's 80%, 20%, obviously the majority rules. And associations started to see decline. And that 20% over time has grown. So right now, what I am seeing is that 60-40 rule, as I mentioned earlier. Now it's not 80%, 20%. Now that 20% has grown to 40%, and the 80% has gone down to 60%. And something really fascinating is happening in associations right now. I'm seeing it across the board repeatedly in the data the 60-40. Even associations that have somewhat stable memberships, when we get into the data, we see that 60% are um, contemplating, they might be loyal, but they're on the verge of moving towards less engagement, meaning they're really seriously considering either retirement or they're considering leaving the association, or they're considering a career change. In any case, they're not exactly as stable as they used to be, that population. Meanwhile, we have the 40% new ideas, new people wanting to come in the door, pushing their change-making agendas, and they're starting to um, stay a little bit longer in the association. No matter what, there's, a, there's this tug of war that has just gotten more and more prominent with time. This puts associations into what I refer to as no man's land, back to that tennis um, theory, okay? So in tennis, when you're playing tennis, there are, um, there are two sections of the court where you will have the advantage. And the section on the baseline that's where you hear, hit those baseline shots. That's where you serve and you can have power over the entire court. If you're a really good tennis player, you can most likely get to just about any shot on the court from the baseline. You have the power of observation. You can get it. That's a good place to be. The second best place to be on the court or first, depending on your preference, is at the net. So um, in the middle of a tennis court, there is a white line that kind of divides the court. Uh, and so from that line up to the net is also an advantage when you are competing. In this section, you're at the net and you can stop most any shot. Even if the ball lobs over your head, you can usually run and get to it or overhead shot it. In any case, most of the shots in tennis are won at either the net or the baseline. But there is another section on the court. 
that's referred to as no man's land. And this is the section between what's called the service line, that, that halfway mark on the tennis court. And the is between that line and the baseline, the back part of the court. There's this huge empty space on the court with no lines on it. This is called no man's land because if you get stuck there, so to speak, you're not really, you're at a disadvantage. You're no longer at an advantage on the court because most of the shots are going to come towards your feet. You're going to be caught off guard or most of them are going to be too high and you have to back up to hit it. Um, it's just an awkward place to be on the court. It is not an advantageous place to be. And this is what I'm thinking with the 60-40 rule. When we start to see um, an extensive disengagement happening and we start to see flattened declining membership trends like we've seen for quite some time now, we're really at risk in that 60-40 zone of becoming 50-50. So let me explain. As I mentioned, it wasn't that long ago, we were at 80-20 meaning most of the people were pretty happy. As new voices were coming in, they were getting louder, but they were being squelched. Not a good place, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that associations were still had a stronghold on the membership community and the outcomes in that community. Now that we've shifted to 60-40, we're really close to, um, first of all, that indicates there's greater conflict within the membership community, more restlessness in the membership community, and we're dangerously close. That 40% of new could increase to 50%. That's not a bad thing because we have to be succession planning and bringing in new ideas and new people, definitely. Preferably, it would be a lot more than just 40%. But it's been that 40% has been slow to grow because they've been squelched by the majority voices. And as that 60% uh, comes into play, which is obviously smaller than the 80%, that indicates that there's a lot of turnover happening career-wise, membership-wise. People are, it's a revolving door. People are leaving and those majority voices are getting smaller and they're more susceptible to leaving the association. This puts the association in no man's land. It's not a competitive advantage. Yes, the positive voices could increase. The new ideas, new people should increase, should have considerably more by now. But there's also a risk. There's also a risk that the, um, the really loyal members that have been there for a while, that they will decrease substantially more. And if an association doesn't have a succession plan in place, if you don't have a pipeline of new members coming in to replace the members who are leaving, you end up in that scenario of number one, a lot of people not feeling very happy with the association. Number two, a lot of people leaving the association. And number three, the struggle of more people leaving the association than are joining. The 60-40 rule that we're seeing is dangerous no man's land territory. And when we hear comments like, because I still hear them, things like, uh, you know, we've always done it this way. 
Why would we want to change? Why do we need new ideas, new people? We have traditions to uphold. But if we, if we bring in some new people and we, we risk everything, we could fail. If we bring in some new people, um, how do we keep those loyal people engaged? This is the wrong attitude and the wrong approach. By saying this and proceeding with caution, you're squelching any momentum. You're killing any inspiration. You're burning out your current members, whether you realize it or not. And you're operating from a place of fear, a fear of change. And unfortunately, associations have been operating from that fear of change for far too long. And that's why we're in this 60-40 zone that could go one way or the other. You're in no man's land. And you either have to get up to the net or back to the baseline. Whatever it is, you've got to get to higher ground, competitive ground, and play the game the right way. Retain members, build community, be inclusive. We talk about all these things. We say we want change. We say we want inclusion. But all too often, associations are stuck in no man's land. So let's, let's be, be the player that's competitive in the marketplace right now. Let's move to a place on the court that's advantageous and can carry the association forward. Stop operating from a sense of fear and get back in the game. I'm Sarah Sladek, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Membership IQ. More episodes coming your way very soon. Every week, new episodes, so stay tuned. Thanks. Thanks.